Understanding of the prophetic. What is the word prophetic means? And it comes out of First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve, verse ten. Paul says one of the gifts is prophecy. Now prophecy here has nothing to do with the prophet, but it has to do with helping people, edifying people, building people, speaking positively over people. And so I've been dealing with this for I don't know how many times. <clears throat> because I believe it's essential to bring Paul in the gifts of the Spirit of God in contact and frame with the 21st century Christian. Look, we're approaching situations in the world today that we've never seen. In society, we're challenged at every, every, every step. Physically, the home, there's not a pastor that is not under attack or has been dealt by the Lord, including myself. So how do you, how do you understand this concept? It's critically important. And so if you look at the beginning of our website, you're going to find down there that I have a series on prophecy. And I'm not talking about any prophet. I'm talking about how to build people up, how to bring the Holy Spirit behind discipleship. Because if discipleship is going to be effective, then it has to be something of the Holy Spirit. So let me read a scripture to you. I want to talk today about transferable power. Transferable. It can be transferred. Okay? And uh, it begins with verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, Jesus, while they beheld, he was taken up. Emphasis on they beheld as he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. So the cloud, purpose of the cloud is to somehow remove Jesus from the sight of the disciples, they were staring up in heaven. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, they were just, they glued on, on the Lord going up into the heavens. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. The problem here is that if you see this as just simply movement and historically, it doesn't make any sense. But why would God send two angels, two men, to appear in the midst of the Galilean disciples? Look at, look at the mind of God relating to us. They beheld, they look, and as Jesus disappeared, they appeared. But this is important. Because as movement happens, you begin to see the mind of God trying to connect with people, trying to establish contacts, trying to counsel, trying to encourage. Why are those two angels there? Well, it wasn't just to do photography. Okay, let's take a look, take a picture together. Get your cameras. Look this. Okay, this is the site. No, look what they said. 
which also said, now the angels say it, you men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? What is that? That is comforting. Now, uh, you know, you might not agree with me, but out of their mouth comes a very comforting. In other words, Jesus has just disappeared into the skies. Why do you look up into the skies? What's going on with you? The same Jesus, which is taken up from heaven, from you into heaven, so shall come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Oh, my goodness gracious. Now, that is comforting. That is encouraging. That is building up. That is prophesying. I hope that you're getting the meaning of this because, you know, this is something unheard of in the known American church. Now, the, the third world countries, they do, they do believe this way. But I can tell you, if something has been preached on this way, with this understanding, I have never heard in 55 years of eating corn and mashed potatoes and green beans. Never heard it. So I believe that God has brought me in this picture to say to you, how do you understand the move of God? Because this is a move of God. This is prophesying. Good. Good. Then return they unto Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, called the Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey, meaning they return to Jerusalem, to the upper room. And where they had come in, they went up into the upper room. Probably the same room where they had eating Passover uh, in Luke 22. Where both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Simon, and Judas, the brother of James. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren, the brothers of Jesus. There were several. So as they came out of the... What is the message of the two men? The same way he went up, the same way he's going to come down. In other words, keep on looking. He is going to come. He is going to come. He is going to come. And that's a comforting word. So the prophetic power that I'm referring to has the purpose and the meaning to transfer itself into bloodline or siblings. You see, notice that as Jesus goes up, the, the, the two angels appeared. Why, men of Galilee, do you stand gazing into heaven? And then you have the families. But most of all here, what I call attention to is, and with his brethren. So the brethren, the brothers of Jesus, are being encouraged by the angels of God. Because they just saw his brother go up into heaven. You know, I told you that uh, Jesus, our Lord, never had original sin temptations. He did have temptations, but he never sinned. But he never had original sin, meaning he was God and man at the same time. And so, the families are here the recipients of the blessing that the Lord had left them. The brothers of Jesus. It's not a property that we can 
can be paralyzed or neglected by anyone. It's not something that stands without direction and purpose. The prophetic power that I'm referring to is active. It's powerful. <clears throat> so the ascension <clears throat> had to occur so that the prophetic power in the life of Jesus be transferred to the disciples. So what do you what do you what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that that looking up that looking up in the scriptures is everywhere. That looking up because you see in the Old Testament when Moses transferred the same power to Joshua I want to read to you in Genesis 34:9 and Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom for Moses had laid his hand upon him and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and, and did as the Lord commanded Moses Now the transferred over here was done by the imposition of hands Moses laid hands on Joshua. Also in 2 Kings chapter 9, chapter 2 verse 9, there is an interesting verse. It says, Let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Now that's a requirement. That's what Elijah said. Elisha said to Elijah, then he took of his own clothing and rented not only a learner but a prophet now. And he took the mantle that fell from Elijah and smit the waters of the Jordan and they parted. And when they viewed him, the Spirit of the Lord rested on Elisha. Now, the requirement here was if you see me go up, you'll get it. If you see me going up, you receive it, transferred. The same way the disciples of Jesus were looking up, and as He disappeared in the clouds, the word, prophetic word, came directly to the disciples through the, through the mouth of two angels, comforting them. The same way Elijah went up, Elisha received because he says, if you see me go, going up, you will receive it. And he did. And the Spirit of the Lord became the double portion of the Holy Spirit of God came upon Elisha. So the same thing with Jesus. Ascension had to happen so the Spirit of God be poured out upon His disciples. Notice that they, as they, as they, as they left the Mount of Olives and went into the upper room, they begin praying, and the next thing they have is Pentecost. The, trans the power of the resurrected Lord being transferred from Jesus unto the disciples. I'm telling you, the power is transferable. Prophetic power is transferable. Prophetic power carries within itself a miracle power. That enables you to be a witness. In our ministry, I have never had anybody be a part of it that didn't get it. 
And I know that some of you say, well, Rick, I, I receive it for myself. Uh, and uh, and uh, if you've been in this ministry, you have the transferable power of the resurrected Lord. Not only power, but also the prophetic power to minister. You might not be ministering. You might be caught up on something that holds you back. But you have been exposed to it, and you're going to be a blessing. You are going to be a great blessing as long as you live. It's not me. It's not from me. I got it, and I gave it away. The vocal, the spiritual, is interpreted by the prophetic. The prophetic moves within family first, and then others. It's kind of interesting. You have a son, you have a daughter, and, uh, and they're in trouble. And you ask me, how do you minister to them? You transfer the prophetic power that you have upon them through prayer. How do you do? You say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, I speak prophetically upon my, my son's life, and I ask you, God, to empower him, empower her, by your Holy Spirit. Empower them, God, at this very moment to know exactly what you're doing in his life and what's involved, what he's involved with right now. His thoughts, his mental, his psychological, his spiritual, God. By the power of the Holy Spirit in me, I transfer, I speak forth into his life. All that God is saying to me right now, you just transferred. Because if prophetic power is not transferable, it's stationary and it resides with the one who received the first time. And as you study the scriptures, <clears throat> I showed you that Moses transferred to Joshua by the imposition of hands. The disciples looked to Jesus and, and, and as soon as he disappeared, the, the power is transferred to them by the two angels. The same thing with uh, Elisha. I need a double portion of your spirit. And as, as, as Elisha went up, he dropped his coat, and the power is transferred from, he, from Elijah to Elisha. In other words, can this be done? Can this be uh, empowered? Can be? Oh, yes. That's what I've been doing most of my life. I'm just dishing out, laying hands, impartation. I mean, I've been praying, anointed with all, just pushing out and passing it on. Amen? Now, notice that the requirement for Joshua to receive the prophetic power was imposition of hands. Look at that. With Elisha, you will have to see me when I'm taken up. I'm just repeating myself a couple of times. To Jesus' disciples was simply the commandment, wait for me in Jerusalem. Wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Wait in Jerusalem. Now the question this is this how to why to wait on something so important? Because the Holy Spirit knows all things. Look, some of us are caught up on the battle of time. Time means, time is of the devil. He blocks time. He stops time. He slows time to where you go into camera lenta. 
You know, I'm glad to be you. In other words, and you sit there for a year, two years, three years, while your time on earth is passing by. You're just sitting there. I've been, I've been, I've been looking at this. You know, after three months of uh, mourning my wife, I asked God, I can't do this anymore. I'm hurting all over. God deliver me so I can just join the kingdom. And so I did. In three months, God healed me. Why did God heal me? Because I asked Him to. I don't want to be caught on time. Time can be destructive. I know people caught up on a 20-year delay. 30-year delay. To where you don't do nothing. But you just go over the problem in the situation. And you keep on repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And the clock is ticking. And before too long, you're out of time. I'm running a race. I'm not sitting down taking care of the time clock. I'm running a race. Now, there were 11 Messianic believers. Call of God. Waiting for the Lord to act. In verse 9, if you look back, Acts 9. And when he had spoken these things. When here is the clock. While they beheld. While they beheld. I don't say how long they looked up. But it, Jesus wasn't parked in the middle of the air for about three days. He was just sitting there waving the hands of the disciples. He is simply in a matter of a minute or so, going up, the cloud comes, covers him up, the answers. In other words, the kingdom of God in the, in the life of the Holy Spirit of God involves activity. It involves decisions. It involves moving forward. If you wait on the Lord, He'll give directions. Now, Pentecost here, then, is where the prophetic power is released upon the apostles, disciples, men of every nation under heaven. And it didn't take 20, 30, 40, 50 days. It took 10 days. Between Ascension and Pentecost, it's 10 days. I'm calling your attention to your idea of life, the way you live your life, the way you see time. Because some of us are caught up on a situation where life is just moving on. Year, two years, three years, four years. And I haven't dealt with yet. I can't make my mind about nothing. And I'm paralyzed and I'm sitting here. Now, I want to I read some scripture. And I have four, five scriptures that deals with this in terms of family and in the move of the prophetic within us, transferable. Jesus said unto them, this is in John twenty seventeen. Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. That's between, between resurrection and ascension. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, your Father, to my God and your God. 
In other words, I'm going to a God that's your God. I'm going to heaven because I have to go so you can have my presence with you. And it's your God is the same way. Don't think that somehow we're separating ourselves forever here. There is a unity between God the Father, the Holy Spirit of God in you that confirms digestically, powerfully, in, in, in spiritual, every sense of the word that He wants to be with you. And He's not taking 20 years. Look at uh, 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed in the world, received up in glory. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. You, know, you see progressiveness into the ministry of Jesus. And no wonder three and a half years is, is onto the line. It wasn't 20 or 30 years. Three and a half years is enough to convince the world that the Son of God came to die on the cross to redeem us and call us into eternity. For God so loved the world that He's in His only begotten Son. For whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Meaning, bah, He receive it. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Now notice that uh, there is a clock thing here, passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with feelings of our infirmities. Meaning, God, Jesus feels, He knows, He understands our hurt and our pain. And He wants to heal you. Deliver you, set you free. Oh, I tell you, if that wasn't what the Lord did, I would have been dead by now. Because the year 220 was the most difficult year in my life, and I came near dropping dead several times. But was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. 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 That we may obtain mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Come to the throne of grace so you can get mercy. And find grace to help in time of need. Now, does that mean a God who's sort of a not giving clear directions as to how you need to handle this? Is He sort of stagnated, stopped, frozen into space? Until five, six years happen and you'll be able to serve Him again. I don't believe that. Notice Him calling you into Himself. He's calling you unto Himself. And He's saying to you without any shadow of doubt, I can heal you in time for you to serve Me. Look at Hebrews 6.19. Hebrews six nineteen, which you hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entered into that within the veil. Oh my goodness! Whither the forerunner is for us enter, even Jesus made a high priest forever. 
after the order of Melchizedek. The anchor of the soul. He went inside of the veil, opened it up, and allowed you to come in. And, <laughs> and partook to you, shared with you, gave you an opportunity to get up and get going. One more scripture, First Peter twenty-one, twenty-two. It's a powerful scripture. I'm giving you time to open up your Bible and look at First Peter twenty-one, twenty-two. I'd like for you to look at the scripture yourself. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not putting away the filthy of the flesh but the answer of good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities, powers being made subjected to Him. Powers being made subjected to Him. He entered, He moved, He sat, and powers are being made subjected to Him. Meaning that, that this idea of the prophetic power of God is, is moving forward, it's changing, it's being applied. It's, Jesus is not sitting in heaven reading the mail. Jesus is engaged. We're the ones who serve moving into the desert of forgetfulness, laziness, apathy, sickness, sorry me. I hope you're getting the idea. So, so, the resurrection is related to confirmation that all sin have been transferred to the blood in the outward sacrifice of our Son, of our, of our Lord in, in the cross. The ascension is confirmed, the transfer of the prophetic power. When Jesus ascended into heaven, He confirmed His going to heaven by the two men that stood up and brought him to the reality of the movement that the same way he went up, he will come down. So what is the prophetic? Scripture confirms it. Are you with me? Are we getting somewhere here? Uh, am, I, am I losing you? Huh? If you are on this morning on this channel, give me a click, give me something. Communicate, click something that will let me know you're listening to me this morning. Come on, come on. Do a little click. Send me a little heart, a little something, a little finger, whatever. I got to hear from you in China. I got to hear from you in Brazil. I got to hear from you in, in, in South America. I got to hear from you in the States. Prophetic is to believe. Prophetic is to move by faith. Prophetic is to call things to be not as though, as though they were. Prophetic is to stand. Prophetics to wait. Prophetics to speak, to rest, to see it, to give thanks. Satan operates in points of contact. An object. A saying on the wall. A book. A print. Communicates a negative reaction to what God's trying to do in the family. The prophetic operates in environment. Whatever defies the holiness of God, it's a point of contact. Clean your house. 
Maybe you are holding on to things of the past that you shouldn't. The prophetic rest finds power the same way. The point of contact is the blood, the cross, the Word. Now, I want to go into very, very small little detail here. I have maybe two, three pages. I don't know if I'll be able to close today. How the prophetic power is transferred. More of that. In verse 7, Acts 1, verse 7. It is not for you to know Acts 1, verse 7. It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by His own authority. Now, authority that Jesus has manages the dates. Which dates? Eternity dates. God manages that date. He manages time. I'm so glad the devil don't manage time, but God manages time. And with God, time is action. There's no delay. One of the things about Brazil that happens in the altars as people from the states go to Brazil and as we get in front of the crowd and we begin to pray is that the time that made you a slave and caused you to be totally bound up is broken down and the Holy Spirit begins to heal you where you find yourself in God's time instead of the devil's time. God manages time. Notice the verse. Look at, uh, look at verse 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the season which the Father has put in his own power, has set by his own authority. Meaning, he sets it immediately. Time is managed much better than, than what you get from the devil. The devil slows you down. God has a time to move forward. It's done, but power you will receive. Power. Here's the word is dunamis. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It is transferable from God to Jesus to you. Look at John 7.38. John 7.38. He that believeth in me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39 says, But this spoke him of the Holy Spirit. Just as Moses transferred to Joshua, just as Elijah transferred to Elisha, just as, as uh, Jesus transferred to the disciples, He is able to do it to you today. And so I want to spend a little time. Verse Acts chapter 1, after He said this, he was taken up into heaven. One more time, verse 9. Before his very eyes, a cloud hid him from the sight. When Jesus, when Jesus, he, when did Jesus transfer the power here? He transferred the power as the disciples, as his, his angels came and began to minister to the disciples. I've said this several times today. I hope you are listening. I'm repeating this several times. Power has to be transferred. Why do you stand looking at the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken up to heaven will come back into the same way He went up. As the cloud covered Him, He entered into heaven.
Heavenly Father, I pray this evening, Lord, this morning, that you bless my brother and my sister to come in God's time, into the prophetic power of God's time. I thank you, Lord, that you've been healing me. You've been strengthening me, God. You've been encouraging me every single day of the week. I can hear your voice telling me not to be bogged down into things of the past, not to be condemned, not to be belittled, not to be harassed. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that uh, I'm in peace with all men, that I have my heart committed to put the kingdom first and not the devil's time first. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, that I'll be able to transfer the power of God into anyone who is listening today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit of God, receive it. Amen. Estrela alva brilha em mim Brilha a luz que inunda o meu viver Estrela alva brilha em mim Brilha a luz que inunda o meu viver